Hello everyone, my name is Michael Birch, the AIDS Committee of Toronto's Gay Men's Resource Coordinator and Community Educator. And today, with the support of Do You Queer What I Queer podcast, I'm bringing you an in-person interview with American comic Casey Lai. Casey Lai is a comedian based in Los Angeles whose comedy got him voted Best Comedian San Francisco by SF Weekly. And he was the national runner-up in the Advocate Magazine's search for the next great queer comedian. His podcast is the popular The Gay Power Half Hour. You can find him on Twitter at KCWLEY, KCWLY, and on Instagram at KCLY, and that's Casey with a C. Welcome, Casey. Hi, Michael. Thank you. So I discovered who you were from an appearance on uh, Query with comedian Cameron, and I hope I'm saying her last name right, as. Esposito? Cameron Esposito. Esposito. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Homegirl. Um, who you spoke candidly about, uh, or who you spoke candidly with, excuse me, about being an openly HIV positive queer comedian. And the first thing that struck me about that appearance is that Cameron included uh, a preamble disavowing condomless sex. Yeah. In the podcast, uh, she later clarified that she was concerned about normalizing barrier free sex. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard that intro to your interview? Um, it's so funny because I feel I feel like she put it on there and I wasn't even thinking about it until you mentioned it. Like you talked about it on um on Twitter. On Twitter. And I really appreciate that you did because um in here's my thing. I feel like in a world that is um um very politically correct, which I don't have a problem with if that's the world you want to live in. I want to respect that that's the like I want to respect that you w- need warnings and things like that because you can be triggered I, I do respect that but um, by doing that you're also stepping on other people's toes and you're mm-hmm. also like triggering other people in ways and it's just it, it, it's very inter- it's, a, it's a it's a it's complex and 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 Cameron is very careful to make sure that everyone knows what they're about to be stepping into um, and that is creating the quote-unquote safe space that um, um, people need to feel comfortable, you know? And so um, I don't criticize that. But when you brought that up, I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hey, yeah, what are you going to do? And like, and, you know, I mean, my, I have a lot of, con- I have a lot of thoughts on, um, on, um, condomless sex. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of thoughts on what defines safe sex and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it's an important conversation to have. But it was a disclaimer of like, uh, this guy gets real about, icky sex so watch out listeners you know and so that like i didn't think but we had we I mean, we had a long conversation about bareback porn is really why that why she which is my next question <laughs> <laughs> it's everyone's next question yeah I, well i will say that i like uh engaged her on twitter over that uh-huh. and it was a very respectful yeah like kind conversation that we had back and forth and i went back and i did uh listen to the podcast in preparation for this interview and it had been removed and she removed it yeah, yeah. i mean cameron is a, is nothing if not a respectful listener i will say that and i think um she has a lot to say but she also will absolutely listen and um i think that if you lead with respect she will absolutely respond in kind you know and 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 hear and think about it. she won't always do the thing being asked but it, she'll uh consider and think about it yeah. and so i think that that is um helpful you know, yeah. it's helpful to have people out there like that. So on that episode, you talked about working for Treasure Island Media, uh, which is a porn production studio out of San Francisco, I believe. That is. Um, were you, but you were reluctant to name it on the podcast initially. Why was that? I think more so out of there is a bit of um, 
I think in all good porn, there's a good hint of mystery to the whole thing. And I, and I think with treasure Island, especially they are kind of the, this, like the ethos is like pirates, you know? And I think I just didn't, I wasn't sure. I just, for a moment, I was just like, not sure if I wanted to, um, um, pull any mask back or pull any curtain back, you know? And, um, but, but I don't think I said anything on there. And I don't think I'll say anything on here. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to give anyone's real name, you know, like, right. um, um, but it was a very formative time of my life. I mean, it just changed everything. I didn't even work. I were, I was there for like less than a year and it just changed everything. And what did you life. do while you were there? Um, uh, you name it. Uh, <laughs> I, every, I was not, um, um, not that, it, not that this change, I, I wasn't on screen. You know, I think my hand is in one film, <laughs> you know, because I'm holding a lot. In which film? And like I'm holding, I can't even remember. But so I was, um, I I was just doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff and like a lot of paperwork. It's not like, like as it's not very sexy. All of it. It's, it's basically an office job, you know. Right. And then, um, you know, I was making sure forms were signed because it was especially then. I mean, especially we what we were doing was not legal then. We were doing condomless gay porn which was not legal i'm not even sure it's still legal um and uh in san francisco yeah because um basically after the during and after the aids crisis um gay porn became all full condom to promote safer sex safer sex sure and um once the meds started saving people's lives and extending their lives all of these people were having sex in a way that was not conforming to what they were seeing on porn and i think um treasure island media and other companies but really treasure island media was the 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 company to do this was that they said um we're going to document the way that gay men are actually having sex and um, and they got a lot for, of blowback oh, from that. They got, there was a lot of controversy con- stemming from that. It's an amazing to see, it's amazing how moralistic pornographers can mm-hmm. be. Titan Media was oh, upset with them. My God, and Titan wasn't. Chichi Larue was Chichi upset with LaRue them. Chichi was the one in particular who really came hard. And it was like, it just was amazing to me because I was again. I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't. I wasn't there at the the beginning of this. I was just there for a brief moment of the entire thing. But to 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 feel to, to work for a cor- a gay porn company and to feel like you're the bad boys of gay porn yeah. was one it's incredibly <laughs> exciting. But also it was like this is fucking gay porn. <laughs> like I didn't realize that there was a hierarchy of morality, you know, yeah. and and there really was. And so that was like kind of mind blowing to me. I learned more in that. Uh, brief period of my life that I learned in all of the like fancy education in schools that I had and like in a lot since then and like working in, in various other fields because life look to, to sexuality is 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 the great unknown sexuality is so fascinating to me and it and I think it it, it is the um it, it under it, it's it's underneath everything that it, that is humanity I just I'm very Freudian in that way I think that we are all motivated in so many ways by sure. sex and our sexuality and there's so much that we don't know about it so um to just to be kind of like immersed in it in that way for a while was very important to me because I always knew that I put a lot of emphasis on sex and sexuality and i thought it was because i just had to hyper think about it because i was gay and i was always kind of think i was always so aware of my gayness that 
I equated the two so much, you know, I equated that like I, because I was gay then, and, 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 and being gay meant being attracted sexually to men, then therefore sex had to be the basis of everything, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what I learned it was just like a, a lot like a lot of people really are hyper aware of their sexuality in so many ways, in so many ways. And whether they're, whether it's, uh, whether it's um, expressing it or whether it's suppressing it, it's there. Um, and again, perhaps working in porn, uh, 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 heightens that, you know, like, Oh, oh can you believe that all these people in porn think about sex all the time? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was, it just was, it was, uh, it was an eye opening experience. And I think I learned just more about life in that year. Um, but by the end of that year, I was um, out of the job and HIV positive myself. So it was like, huh, did I make a giant mistake by like going down a path that I chose to break out of the path that I had that had more or less been chosen for me? You know, like mm-hmm. I had been doing everything um, expected of me up until that point. Like even after coming out, I wanted to make sure that everyone knew I was normal. Though. Don't worry about it. You know, yeah. And um I was just so tired of that and not sure who I was or what I wanted to be. And I wanted to be really gay for a while. But that's interesting because people are going to listen to this and they're going to hear the connection between I was working for Tim Media and Uh I became HIV positive in that same year. And they're going to draw a connection as to whether or not Tim Media was an influence on the choices that you were making. Um, Here's the reality of the situation. If you're a gay male and you have sex, you are at risk of becoming HIV positive. Yeah. 10 years ago before there was prep mm-hmm. um before there was um education on undetectable um there was a lot of untreated hiv out there yeah and it was easier to get i think that i allowed myself to believe there was a connection in the beginning just like i'm sure people will hear there's a connection and this is a great question um because i do think that i can kind of flippantly say that thing and not think about the consequences of saying that but what i will say is this is that um i moved to san francisco and san francisco should have a big warning sign on top of it that says (laughs) hey you're a young gay person and we know you think you're super smart and we know you think you know and i know we've been you've had decades of of education about sex and HIV and, uh, and mm-hmm. all of that. But, um, there really is a risk out here, you know? And, uh, I just was, you know, I mean, I, I, I had sex. That's, and that's yeah. how, that's a way you can get HIV. <laughs> it's know? interesting because we're having a big, <laughs> it is, yeah. we're having a big conversation right now here in Ontario about our sex ed curriculum. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm curious too, how would you characterize the sex ed that you received in America growing up? And do you think that it prepared you for being a, a gay young man going to San Francisco? No, I don't. I don't because I think that they can talk to you about sex education, but they're by no means at all focusing <laughs> on homosexual um, or how about like uh, uh, anything outside of like norm, mm-hmm. the norm of heterosexual sex? I don't remember by any means. I we we heard about HIV/AIDS, and we saw it on. You know, I came of age. I mean, I'm I was born in 1983, um, so right when I was like um, becoming sentient to uh, what was uh, out there in public media and all of that, that was like um, Pedro on on the real world mm-hmm. yeah. and. Um, a lot of other things like that. So like we were, we were, we were receiving information about gay people living with HIV. 
Um, but we were not receiving information and we were, you know, wear a condom. Basically, the information was wear a condom and you'll be fine. Right. You know, which isn't 100 percent the case. Right. You know? yeah. um, but it was, you know, that 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 was what safe sex was. But did we get that in schools? I, I really don't think so. You know, I really don't think that we did it all. Do so, you guys? Do I feel like I got that in school? Yeah. No, no, no absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. not. No. Do you get good sex education in general? Um, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't answer that question with any kind of authority. Yeah. I could just say antidotally, but, uh, in my experience, I think sex ed, uh, has, is, it's not where it needs to be. I think it's shocking that we don't teach people about pleasure. I think it's well, shocking that people go story. through years of sex ed education at different levels and don't even learn about, uh, that's really interesting, you know, what can make your partner feel good and how it can be enjoyable and. That's really interesting. It, it really it's You're right. It's very reproductive and fear based. Yeah. Yeah. Very limited. It's interesting. Very it's interesting. In you mentioned way. the real world yeah. uh, and about growing up and having people in the media yeah. to teach you about some of the risks associated with being uh, with have with with HIV and with being queer. Mm. Do you feel now that that you're that person for maybe a generation of people coming up who can look to you and get a modern perspective. I would love it. I would love it. And I will say this. Um, I don't think I'm well known enough to claim a mantle of, of, uh, uh that carry, you know, uh, from but Pedro as, but to as other an a- HIV positive out people, um, sure. in, in media. Um, there are not a lot of out HIV positive people in media in general. But as an HIV positive person, I found you. You did, and I and I and I want more people to find me. They'll I, find I, you. I want, you know, and I think that I I knew the risk of uh, becoming open about it in Hollywood, and that risk is um, one being um, marginalized, mm-hmm. um, and two being very niched. I don't know if that's the sure. uh, word, you know, but like put into a very specific box. And I will ride that niche box as far as it goes, you know, because I'm very happy to be who I am and to be doing what I'm doing. And I will say, I think I'm very funny. I think I'm doing very well. I think I do miss out on certain opportunities because people don't necessarily know what to do with me or how to use me mm-hmm. or there's or they're worried their audience will not respond to it, to which I say, like, like your audience is smarter than you fucking think, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, so I would hap I would ha- I'm ha- I- thank you for saying that that makes me feel really good um, and I want to be out there I will say that um, it's great to do shows for a quote unquote mainstream audience and to have someone come up to me and say um, and share their story whether it's th- all of these things have happened whether it's the first time they're ever telling anyone that they're HIV positive mm. whether they're sharing a story about a family member um, they're telling me that they have gonorrhea they're like you know yeah. they're like sharing something that is hard for them you know I know every fucking bartender who watches comedy shows and if they have herpes I know they have it because <laughs> they've told me you know, it's like it's like it's 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 amazing it's and it's great you know I, yeah. I'm I'm happy to be that person for people um do I wish it was more than like one person that show you know do I wish it do I wish it was more than one person coming up every show and being like thank you so much you know I want I want I I will I would be lying I'm a fucking stand-up comedian I right. want I love attention you know I would be lying <laughs> to say that I I didn't want everything that comes along with like being um you know a, an entertainer yeah at a high level but 
does it make it all the more meaningful that I'm like doing something that is helping people? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I won't, I won't lie to say that I don't, that I, that I don't think I'm doing that. I do think I'm doing that. People tell me that I'm doing doing that. that. People tell me that I'm doing that. that. So I like, it's a, and, and, and it's things like that, that, um, can, that, that push me forward when things do get harder. You know, I have relinquished so much shame. I do not feel, I feel stigmatized, but I don't feel affected by the stigma. Mm. I just feel very strong and I'm lucky. And I was thinking about this recently. I am, I'm just so lucky because my family does support me. Um, Friends and, you know, friends and family are there like, and like things are going well. Like I've just been like, I I think I, I have this kind of like unique position to be able to have the strength to do this, you know? And because of that, I, I like, it's now like, I, I, I just kind of, I have to do it, you know, I like, and I want to do it. And I want to be there for people who, who don't have the strength, you know? So, um, it's pretty, there's pretty, I have, I'm a, you know, I'm a white cis right. man, you know, um, from new England, <laughs> went to boarding school. Um, <laughs> so I have that privilege, you know, and, and it's something that I think I, re- I will absolutely say this too. Like I was like ashamed of my privilege too, for a long, I was, I've been, I've been ashamed of a lot of things. Um, <laughs> but privilege was one of those things. Cause I was like, how, like this, like I'm ashamed that I have, but, but if you can, but you're if using you can it. use it for good, yeah. then fucking use it and don't be ashamed of it. You know? So that's, that's something that I've learned recently is like, you just are who you are. There was an artist, and I and I can't remember the artist's name uh, off the top of my head, but he used to say that disclosing his gayness was quote the gift to the room, which essentially meant that he was opening it up a dialogue and a conversation. He was making a safer space where other people felt that they could then disclose other things that were personal to them because this other person had taken the risk and put themselves out there. Interesting. I agree with that. I do agree with that. Although I will also say that I come my my favorite queer. Um, person in history yeah. is probably Gore Vidal, who mm. comes at a ve- from a very, very different pr- perspective, and his perspective, uh, and it's based in a very different time. Was that by he never actually said he was gay, even though he was very gay, and he was because he was like by doing that you are automatically allowing them to take away the power that you bring with everything else, and mm. so I've I've I feel like I've I've fused the like like those two things because um i won't let anyone tell me what i am but he was basically saying by you telling them then they can then they can tell you then they can tell you who you are you know and they Mm. can tell everyone else who you are and so i won't let anyone tell me who i am you know but i also by opening up my by opening myself up i will allow other people to like say who they are you know and i do and, and that's something that you know it's a real thing it's a real thing it's a real thing i i'm i'm I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, honestly, most of the time. I really don't. I'm just doing what kind of kind of comes naturally at this point. And I'm not I never set out to be anything other than just like um funny, you know? And if people wanted to have sex with me along the way, that would be great. <laughs> um like that the, the, I hate to say it too, but like those were my intentions. I was like, Oh, comedy seems like something that like a cool person that people want to hang out with and fuck where might should be, you know, like that was like a part of the whole thing. Also, I like, I made people laugh and that was, and that felt good. But along that way, you know, like I've uh, acquired this um, uh, immune disease that has been really helpful to my development <laughs> as a stand-up comedian. So <laughs> here's one thing I want to ask you about. It's something that I've been really, it's something that I learned back at Treasure Island Media that mm. has taken me a long time to get close to is the idea of being proud about being HIV positive. Mm. And um, I 
think that because of the person that I am now and how and and like how the struggle on top of it um how I've like overcome that and how now I use it I'm actually pretty fucking proud of who I am I'm pretty proud of it well I think that's interesting because that's kind of where my questions are leading yeah uh I previously worked for an aid service organization uh in the province and we did a pride uh, we participated in a pride parade and our theme that year was pause and proud mm-hmm. and we got a lot of blowback sure. and surprisingly not from hiv negative people but actually from, from hiv positive people who said i'm not ashamed but i'm not proud of it this is not something that because it's shame and yeah. i and i, and, I th- and, and, he, and you take out you, you take out the fear of death mm. you take out the fear of getting it again so you're not scared of sex um and you're just kind of living your life free of this like shame and fear like if you can get there like that's pretty intense and and i think like there's also um with the like corporatization and normalization of homosexuality in a lot of ways like Mm -hmm. it is losing some of its like old school queer uh power Mm -hmm. especially for cis white men in san francisco um (laughs) and there's something that further that that as as you kind of further get away from the norm that you still have in this day and age like the further you are away from the norm is actually really important (laughs) (laughs) you know with a fucking monster in the white house yeah you know in charge of the quote-unquote free world like paul has this line where she says um uh being in the margins is where the party is for sure yeah, you know? and boy is he problematic too. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he just fucking won an Emmy, and I will say, I mean, for you know, love, 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 love or hate RuPaul for various things, she's done a lot for us. Yeah, I mean, she's done a lot for queer people in general, and for the pause community too. You absolutely, could argue. absolutely, for betrayal you know? of HIV positive contestants on that show. Absolutely, I think you know, I think I think trans people can have a legitimate gripe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, you know, yeah, fair but, enough. But I, but I am, I'm, I'm, I think. Again, it goes back to something that I was saying on a different podcast, but like we we know you know who your allies are, mm. and it would be hard you'd be hard pressed to say that RuPaul is not an overall ally for those who are striving for something better. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I guess in terms of like being proud of your yeah HIV status and kind of coming back to that, uh, which I think is really interesting. Do you think that that's sort of um, that's threatening to a lot of people? Yes, it's threatening. You know. Of we could course. talk about the uh, what is it the AIDS uh, Foundation, AIDS Healthcare Foundation. Okay, the Benjamin staunchly anti-prep. I yeah. believe they also came down about uh, came down on Tim Media as being irresponsible. Yeah. Do you do you think that it's uh, modern day the modern day realities of what it means to live as an HIV positive person is too challenging or too difficult or too threatening or too scary? for some people who still cling to this notion of this is what it is. And I don't know how to operate now that it's changed. Well, I think it's a couple of, I look, I, I don't want, I want to be clear. I'm not encouraging people to go out and become HIV no, positive of course because not. what a great identity that is, you know, <laughs> like I'm thinking, um, like, uh, I, 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 but, but, but by no means am I, am I thinking that's what people should do. But I do think that, um, and, and some people would, some people, wouldn't I think there's some people out there who would maybe encourage it I think there's some people who've 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 hopped over and that that might actually be uh 
TIM porn too a little bit. There's some maybe some people over there who do kind of think that, and I'm not. I don't. I don't agree with that. Um, but I think that. Um, so are you talking some, about like the fetishization of HIV? The, the, it is that idea that like that actually because being positive means you abs- you lose the fear of becoming positive. Mm. That makes you stronger. That and do you think that threatens? Pe- I think that's a huge threat. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah, of course I think that's a huge threat to like the main to 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 main to AHF. You know, I mean yeah. like. Uh, 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 but I don't know. AHF makes a lot of money off of people who has AIDS. So um, I, I think I think AHF does a, a lot of great work. I think the demonization of prep is not helpful. Yeah. I think prep has its issues. You know, I, I I think that. Well, that's interesting. What do you what do you feel are the issues that prep has? Here's what I will say in a in a quick in a quick quick sure. concise. HIV came out of nowhere, right? We didn't see it coming. Okay, and it was the result of. Um, a time when gay people were finding their strength and their political power through sex. Yeah. And, um, I think that you don't need to bear back every stranger you had to be, have a, every, every stranger you meet to fucking feel what fulfilled (laughs) 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 to to be sexually fulfilled. I just feel like the fact that the amount of people who I meet for six minutes are like, Oh, you're paused. Can I drop a load in your butt? It's like, no. Okay. Like you, you, like, I don't, Mm. I don't, I don't want to go to the clinic all the time. I don't want to have to feel like I do. I just feel like this is crazy to me. I, if I asked to wear a condom with some people sometimes, or I ask a guy to wear a condom he'll be like no i don't want to fuck him and I, I, I won't do it and it's like grow fucking up okay i'm sorry i i am so, i just get mad because it's like i just fucking met you like i don't need to like experience you raw to fucking know that we are sexually fulfilled beings i just that's that i, I just feel like prep has just like has taken everything to this fact where, where to, to this point where like um, so it's actually limited po- your ability to negotiate the kind of sex that you want to have in sure. some instances. Is actually, sure. Saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have put it that way, but that's a really great way to put it. And um, I just think that um, you know, I'm by, I'm not about to all of a sudden change to a sexually moralizer. You know, who's <laughs> like, where the kind of like? I'm well, not you Larry are American. Kramer. I'm not Larry Kramer all of a sudden. <laughs> um, but Larry Kramer wasn't totally wrong. You know, Larry Kramer is an extreme an extreme person. But you know. Faggots, his book was actually mm. like, uh, you know, it, it was it was poorly received by the gay community, but then everyone started dying, you know. And mm. I'm not saying that's what's about to happen, but I'm just saying that like that w- w- we 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 miss something if we don't completely learn from our history, you know. And I think prep is 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 a great tool to get to zero infections, yeah. to end Absolutely. the epidemic. Absolutely. But like, and to increase STI testing, is it Lots happening? Uh, well, so that's the conundrum, right? So we're seeing an increase in STIs yes. being reported by public health. Sure. And the argument is, we're is all that, seeing an increase in STIs. <laughs> let me tell you that. And the argument is that <laughs> PEP is increasing. PEP is increasing people's risks, uh, risky behavior, mm-hmm. and so they're requiring more STIs. But then the other side of it is we're doing more testing mm-hmm. with populations that are having more riskier sex. So as a result, we're catching, we're now catching them. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm not sure I'm and explaining no, no, it correctly. No, no, no. I, and I get that. Yeah. And, 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 and all, all of that is good. I am 100% unequivocally pro prep. Right. Absolutely. Um, I do find it frustrating that the um, drug companies figure out a way to get 
every gay person on HIV meds as opposed mm. to finding a cure to the fucking disease. I think mm. that by putting every gay person on a med increases the um, stigma of you're sick, you know? Mm. Oh, you have to take a med to have your sex mm. to not die? You're sick, yeah. you know? That's the kind of thing. It's like the fact that I know HIV is a very complicated disease, but it is kind of still nuts to me that it's not fucking. Cured. That's an interesting analysis, actually, about yeah. queerdom and prep and I really b- negative people. I believe, uh, like every, like, like, if you're gonna be a, a sexually active gay person, and you're going gay man, yeah, uh, and you're going to engage and be fun and cool and have the sex you want, then you have to be on this medication because right. the fun you want is is. Uh, is sickening <laughs> right i mean you know that's one way that's one way of looking at it that's one way of anal- analyzing it i'm not uh, again that that's just society that's society problem yeah. that's not preps problem you know but like i it's just it's just a it's a bigger part of the issue we can't just rely on we just can't rely on the whole thing and, and that's i feel like i feel like um i don't know it's weird being hiv positive in this day and age because people almost don't even care Mm. <laughs> you know, there's a. I'm re- Aunt- Has not been my experience, Casey. Well, no, but I mean it this way. No one cares about us. People care, but mm, I mean, like, okay, n- there's no like political weight. Yeah, behind it's it. like you know, it's like because because things are because things are good. We're in a holding pattern. Yeah, it's yeah. and it's like it's um, I think uh, the AIDS crisis went a long way to creating a community mm-hmm. for gay men. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure what our community becomes post it, mm. you know. And so that's another. That's something else. Not again. I don't. I don't. That sound. I was like, I want it's a big AIDS. question. I want AIDS to come back, <laughs> <laughs> and we can hang out and go to meetings together. Um, okay. Well, this is actually interesting because one of the complaints that I have received as an educator and going into spaces and talking about. Uh, HIV and my experiences being HIV positive is that sometimes I get um, a challenge for being too flippant about it and sure, I'm wondering as too. a comedian who's talking about it do you get that do you get you must get that times 10 I, I, I can sense when a crowd especially it, now I know how to steamroll my way through it and to pace it correctly <laughs> but yeah. like I absolutely felt like who does this fucking sick faggot think that he is being comfortable with us? He's going to get up here and make jokes about this because they're uneducated about it. One, you know, it's yeah. part of the education, part of the process is the education thing. But also there was, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I put it this way and I've talked about it this way. I think I talked about it this way on Query. Like um, HIV AIDS is the consequence of the grave sin, which is gay sodomy. You know, mm-hmm. gay sodomy is still like for some reason in, in the world, like this sin. In mm-hmm. so many ways, the mm-hmm. gross fucking thing was just became legalized in various countries and still illegal in various countries, you mm-hmm. know, and and then the consequence of that is the HIV. So when you have this uppity faggot up there being proud about it, yeah, the, it's a threat. It is absolutely a threat. And this goes back to this is go this is this, this is all wrapped up into a whole nother point. It's like, why is there no why has there never been a, uh, a famous gay male stand up comedian? You yeah, know? because we're a threat to to every community and we're a threat to the gay male community Mm -hmm. like a gay male comic up there who's going to get up there and like be proud and read 
people you know read our community for its things people like the gay com- the gay male community is like you don't fucking know me and they've worked <laughs> up this and they've also worked up they spend their entire lives we all do it building up this facade and they don't want right. to crack you know so we don't have a natural constituency and we don't and we're a threat to uh, the mainstream so you know niche niche baby yeah <laughs> i'm wondering how you're so you came out as hiv positive on stage about two to three years ago about three is that years correct? ago pushing three years now and you were in a relationship at that time, a long-term relationship. Yeah. So what was the conversation that you had with your partner around that? Or did you have a conversation? We with did. Because it was, you know, I, I mean, by coming out and never, you know, especially in um, my community, the comedy community, my partner at the time was um, a part of that. He's not a comic, but he was like friends with everyone. And sure. I don't think everyone knew that. Some people asked. And like, I mean, at that point I was like super out. He was out um, in... He was out as being gay. I mean, HIV positive. Okay. Like, to his credit, he was fine. We talked about it, and he was like, he he, he didn't care. He he also um, he didn't care to his credit, to his lack of credit. Um, <laughs> he he's someone who who liked kind of like getting attention through me, you know. So like, mm. I did a lot of the work, and he got a lot of the benefits. And so I think that 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 that, that was part of it too like he would get some like added attention that was a real mean thing to say i think (laughs) (laughs) you want us to edit that out casey no i just don't want to show tell him to listen to this one (laughs) so what's what's dating been like since then um not great so i yeah that my oh wait so i get my relationship ended in january of this year so nine months ago and um hiv has been a part of of uh it's just been weird to disclose i don't know how to just i don't know i don't know the proper time to disclose i don't know you know so i just like do it i don't i I do it sometimes up front i do it sometimes after conversation it always comes up in the first conversation you know and some people are cool with it no everyone is like yeah yeah like no big deal i haven't met another hiv positive person that i've been interested in since my ex and Mm -hmm. um i um i'm just kind of rolling with the punches i i wasn't interested in like dating 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 this year but now i am interested in it so we'll see where it goes but um you know it it depends in 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 los angeles it's hard to date in general Mm. um i think most gay people are um hip to the jive of what prep and undetectable means so Mm. um it's not like a great um issue but i will say like you're having like a great conversation with someone on some like app and then like you disclose and then it all of a sudden it's like yeah oh i gotta go eat dinner real quick but (laughs) i I swear i'll come back bro (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's like we weren't gonna be a match anyway but you could have fucked me (laughs) (laughs) all right so i brought you down to host our 30th annual uh, AIDS walk at Nathan Phillips Square and you performed at our official after party at Pegasus Bar yeah. in the village Witcher Street Comedy. What was that experience like? It was great. Um, comedy works better as I said with ceilings and walls mm. and um, so it was just so lovely and I was actually psyched to see so many vibrant hilarious gay comics as well doing great up here um, so yeah. I appreciate that. I, 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 I love doing comedy um, also, when I told everyone that I was HIV positive, everyone applauded, and that doesn't happen <laughs> most of the time. Let me tell you well, that. we're so polite so, in Canada. Right? Yeah, it was, a, <laughs> but it was just, uh, it was, it, that, that's a completely different type of experience and room to like most of the rooms that I'm doing, which yeah. are um, like instantly by disclosing uh, my status, I dig a bit of a hole that I have to 
sure. get everyone out of real quick. Yeah. And I've learned the tools of how to do that. But in the beginning, I didn't. So I could re I, I really like could like spin out. I thought about quitting about a year into doing HIV comedy because I was feeling pretty stigmatized. I was questioning whether it was working at all. And I was questioning like where my role was now, where my future was now. Um, and I had a couple of shows that were just like really bad with comics. Like I, I, I've had more times than I would like to um, admit. Like I'll talk about being HIV positive, and then the next comic will be like, "Does anyone have any Lysol for the microphone?" Mm. You know. So the stigma's fucking there. The fucking bullshit is out there, and like it can really be, um, um, it can be a lot, you know. But I just powered through, and I'm really happy I did because I'm a much better comic than all those dumb hacks who say <laughs> that fucking joke, you know. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm glad you uh, you did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, well, first, I I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask. Do you have a favorite Canadian comedian? A favorite Canadian comedian? Yeah, I actually because we're kind of famous for our comedians. I don't well, know if you know that. So <laughs> Scott Thompson from the Kids in the Hall, yes, is very important to me because um, he was the gayest thing on American television mm. when I was a kid. There was just, like Buddy Cole, that character, mm -hmm. like it was terrifying to me because it was so gay and it was it was the stereotypical gayness that I was scared that people thought that I was, yeah. but I also couldn't help but like die laughing at it and i was like fuck i'm 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 gay i'm not that fucking gay and i'm gay you know <laughs> and like he's not that it was just this like amazing character send up, yeah but also like as i've like grown older i'm like i just i watch i rewatch it and i'm just like oh my god that it, it's it's it might be my favorite character of all time uh and he's he's just he's a genius and he doesn't get the respect that did you, he deserves did you see him go to sochi um, on the yes, <laughs> yeah, during the Olympics uh, yeah. a couple years back in yeah. Russia, incredible. He's a he's a brilliant person who I think's career was unfortunately limited by being such an out and open gay person because mm. um, it goes back to that why is there not like a famous gay comic? Um, the kids in the hall were all were very um, 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 important to me in general. So just like Canadian. That the, the kids in the hall are formative to me, and I actually know all of them now. I mean, it's like like it's what a cool world, you know. Like mm. like my I, like I, right before I came here, I was like in a room with Scott Thompson, just like talking about a project. It was like incredible. Wow. And he's um he's he's incredible. Um, Deb D Giovanni, do you guys know Deb? She's like she is in L A now, and but she she she's back and forth a lot. She's an incredible person and an incredible comic. Mm. Um, rapid fire delivery. So those, and then I mean, like I would be remiss to say that Martin Short is not the funniest person in the entire world. So, <laughs> as far as Canadians go, um, you you've imported some incredible people into my life. That's for sure. And talking about American comedians, you opened for Margaret Cho. Yes. What was that like? Um, it was great. I mean, she's a legend of of comedy. She's a legend of queerdom. She is, you know, important. So her her crowd ha has loved me. I've 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 I worked with her in like very small, cool rooms. And so where she was doing some like um, experimental stuff and it was, uh, it's great to see like 
a legends process and also how an audience if you've earned the respect of an audience you can get away with doing anything that's crap too (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm sure she'll love hearing that no but i mean like but like she was just like going through some stuff until she was working stuff out and just like you know you have a lot of leeway by having um been so good for so long that people are are ready to like like they actually want to see the process you know Mm. and that was like a little while ago and now she's like doing great again so you also have a Lady Gaga connection. I do have a Lady Gaga connection. Um, she's about to, oh my God, she's about to marry into my family. Which is wow. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I didn't sign an NDA and it's been all over in Touch Magazine. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my mom's cousin is getting married to Lady Gaga and um, we're a good Italian. So she likes mm. that. And I haven't met her yet. But I have had several dreams recently. This is real, where we've been like hanging out and stuff, and I've been like nervous <laughs> in the dreams. It's so fucking crazy. Like I can't even dream about like yeah, happiness yeah. and success and re- relaxation. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I have actually a couple of ideas I want to pitch to her. <laughs> <laughs> At the wedding, we'll wait and see. I my mom will probably get invited to the wedding, and um, um, if she she gets a plus one, then she will not take my father. I guarantee you, she will be taking me. So. Um, that would be great, but yeah, there, he's like a he's like a big wig agent, and he's uh, he's an amazing like dude, you know, like yeah. and and she's a, she's had poor poor choices in love, so I I, I hope this one works out because um, she's my cousin Gaga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she'll be my cousin Gaga. You mean my cousin <laughs> Stephanie? <laughs> You're also friends with uh, comedian Guy Brannon. Oh yeah, Guy is the best person in. In, but guys helped me so much in my life Go ahead yeah. Do you have more you want no, to say No I was just going to say I think most Canadians uh, Know him from No Miss uh, uh, Chelsea it wrong. No more Mr. Nice Gay Oh yeah And also from Chelsea lately From Chelsea yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah how yeah. did you meet him Um, Guy is one of the most helpful Queer comedians For other queer comedians wow. He just I love hearing that He's so helpful And so um, And he's from a Kind of around the Bay Area He started doing comedy In the Bay Area Which is where I started Doing comedy later We didn't know each other Like I started after he had left But I You know When I Whenever he came back to the Bay He'd be like Who are the gay comics And he just was helpful And he's given me A bunch of opportunities And um, He Is a He's Also I mean, he's my, he's probably my favorite comic. Like, and I can say that without, I'm not like sucking up to him or anything like mm-hmm. that. To hear a gay person, a super fucking smart, super fucking powerful, super fucking funny gay voice out there. Like mm-hmm. it was, you know, I, I, there's a lot of comics that I have loved and I actually was more um, compelled towards the black straight comics of the like nineties, you know, like Chris Rock and like Patrice O'Neill and people like that because, um, they had an outsider's voice. Like I didn't really mm. like listen to Louis C.K. and was like, no, that's the guy for me, you yeah. know. And turns out I was right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, like like the or like the complainy voice of like a Mark Maron, you know, who are these are v- very funny people. But um, someone, but it, it was the outsider's perspective that I uh, came mm-hmm. to. So t- to finally hear Guy blew my mind because it was like, like I mean, he has a joke. I mean, he has so many good jokes. But there's one about like being. Um, if he was alive during the Renaissance, he'd be Pope, and like, <laughs> and it's so, and it speaks to me on so many levels because it's just like I am a smart gay man. Like I would have run the world, you know, and yeah. like, 
and um, so he's just he he's he's important to me on on a variety of levels. He's also just a good friend. Speaking of good friends, yes. Can you tell us more about your podcast, The Gay Power? Oh, half The Gay hour? Power Half Hour is the best thing that I do in Los Angeles, um, and it's with my best friend Tony Soto. She's a drag queen, and her drag queen name is Tony Soto because. <laughs> She doesn't really have time for. <laughs> she's keeping it all in one in one place. Um, and I was always just like, just make it Tony Soda, so you don't get so crazy sometimes about like, like uh, uh, identity. Anyway, um, we have a great podcast that explores our friendship and um, queerness. It's like we we look at we we look at social issues with a clear, with a queer lens, and it's very snappy. It's very fast. Sometimes we don't talk about anything except how he almost died in Mexico. Um, or like um, what happened the night before? Like we 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 are friend. You're you're listening in to a, to good friends having a conversation. So please tune into that. The Gay Power Half Hour. Yeah, it, one of the things that I really like about your podcast is that you talked earlier about sex being part of our queerdom. Yeah, but I don't feel like friendship or camaraderie <sighs> or close male friendships has necessarily been something that's been so put in the forefront. And so when I listen to your podcast, it's really nice to just feel that energy uh, and that support that you both have for each other that made me um tingle with delight because i hadn't thought about that and i agree 100 percent. and i think um um queer gay male representation is pushed in a very like uh uh these this is how this is this is yeah. this is the way it's consumed by the rest of society so we're going to put it out there this way but gay male friendships thing i've had a lot of people say to me and i hadn't thought about it until you said that that um when they listen to our podcast they feel like they have gay friends and they don't feel like they have a lot of gay male friends mm -hmm. like gay men saying yeah. that so that's a real thing that feels nice to hear thank you Thank you, Michael. I love <laughs> oh, you. And I, you're welcome. Can I just say to who's ever listening out there, uh, Michael, you're doing an amazing job for your community, for the international HIV queer community, and you are just a very, very nice person. Also, you took me to Hamlin's Point, which is a gay beach, and it's my new favorite place in the entire world. <laughs> so thank well, you. I was just trying to see you naked. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. Yeah. Um, what is easier, being a guest on a podcast or being the interviewer? Uh, a guest, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to set the tempo. You wow. don't have to set the pace. I, I, I. I the, so my podcast, we don't have interviews really. We occasionally okay. do. It's mainly it's just me and Tony. Um, but I can talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. But I usually feel like I'm just bullshitting the entire time, mm. you know. And I think you can get away with that as being a guest. Like and okay. being as a host, you have to have like an agenda. You have to set the pace. You have to set the direction. You have to like know what you're talking about. You have to do your research. You know, like I don't have to do shit. <laughs> I didn't yeah. just come in here and talk about my experience, <laughs> which is what. I well, you're bringing your lived experience, which is what we want to hear. About, yeah, right. Actually, what do you? Are you finding it um um hard to be? A host? You've never done this before, right? No, I've never. I can tell. Never, well, yeah, well, no, thank you're you. doing great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if people are listening to this and they like it, this let us know. The birth of a new gay podcast. Yeah, maybe we'll do Throw more. it on the pile, I don't know, everyone. Listen, I got a, I got a big <laughs> workload. I don't know about that. Yeah, there's some. Uh, there's a really good uh, gay podcast. You got like a five day workload. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us really quickly about um, out on stage. Oh, out on stage was this really cool movie done. Um, uh, by uh, this production company, Comedy Dynamics, which does a lot of cool stuff. And they produced a um, queer stand-up comedy 
showcase. It was going to be a special, but they turned it into a movie, and it's really good. It's hosted by Zach Noe Towers, who is a bubbling uh, queer comic. He just uh, was a new face at Just for Laughs in Montreal, which is mm. like a big thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it's uh it's too many comics to list but me uh-huh, is on it <laughs> and um um it debuted in the states one night only across the nation mm-hmm. and it was amazing and like i had all these friends see it and people tell me and people just saw it and like they hit me up and it's going to become streaming uh it's going to be streaming soon i'm not sure when so but just google out on stage or casey lie and that should come up and you can maybe it's streaming now i don't even know i should figure that out i haven't found it okay good i was devastated when i missed it i found out about it after the fact and yeah yeah it was really good and again it goes back to the idea that uh queer comics don't really get the 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 um uh the representation you know they don't get the the chance to shine and and i see shows all the time and it's not just because i'm gay honestly some of these comics are the funniest people i've ever seen Mm-hmm. And um, gay comics are so funny, and and um, the ones that I see where like Guy Branham, James Adomian, fucking Janine Brito, like Jonathan Rowell, Zach Noe Towers, like Solomon Giorgio, Joel Kim Booster. I could go on and on and on and mm-hmm. on and on. Are like the best comics working. So just like take a chance and go see him, and like drag your goddamn boyfriend to a goddamn comedy show for once. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you also have uh, an uncle. Who's HIV positive? Oh, I do. As well, yeah. What? Tell us a little bit about that. How does he feel about about his nephew going out there and being so open about his HIV status? I don't know. Status? I don't know. I. It's a conversation that I have to have with him. I really um, haven't had. Mm, this is complicated, and I'm going to talk about it. But I don't. He he was very. Um, when I came out as gay, oh, this is going to like open up a floodgate of things. But when I came out as gay, he was there for me. And, 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 um, when, when my mom was giving me a hard time and my mom's hard time, my mom is great now and mm-hmm. has done a great job, but she struggled with it. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was there for me and I gravitated to her and for that. When I became positive, I didn't tell anyone for a while mm. because I didn't want to tell my mom. Um, cause I wasn't sure how she was going to take it. And mm-hmm. I didn't feel right telling other, telling other people in the family if she didn't know. I felt in some way that was a betrayal. Um, And when I eventually told everyone and it had been years of holding it to myself, I think he felt betrayed by by that. Mm. I can't believe I'm talking about this. Um, And so I don't think our relationship has totally 100% repaired after that. And um, we haven't had a deep dive conversation. That being said, I had this idea for a documentary that talks about generational um, HIV within side of family. So I think that mm. that's super interesting. And so he's got to get on board. <laughs> <laughs> he's so he's going to get on fucking board um, and we're going to talk about it. What medication are you currently taking? Do you mind saying? And how do you find that? Do you have any side effects from uh, that? It's been very easy because I was on Complera beforehand and this was the... Um, they they modified one part of it of Complera um, to make it easier on our kidneys, mm-hmm. and um, so the shift was super easy. I actually had very minimal um, side effects uh, when I started Complera too. I just like had two days of like gas, right? But other than that, it was um, been fine. I've been very lucky. I've been very lucky. I had like I had like all the tradish symptoms in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, like post right like immediate seroconversion sickness mm-hmm. um and then a bunch of like things that i was trying to ignore but like after that i've been very healthy 
so I'm lucky. Um, this is going to sound a little pretentious, but there's this Stevie Nicks B side, <laughs> and I'm forgetting and I'm forgetting the name of the song. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's called One More Big Time Rock and Roll Star or something like that. Okay, and she has this line about. Um, there was candles, there was crystals. I was everybody's fantasy. Say I'm not because the work just gets harder. And I'm looking at you and you're a very handsome guy. Mm, thanks. And I'm wondering for you, how does that impact your comedy? Does that make it more difficult? And how do you deal with that sexual energy being directed at you? This is so interesting because it's hard for a person to say, it's hard for a comic Hmm. Okay. Thank you. One. <laughs> um, I very recently have allowed myself to believe that I have very recently have started to fucking love myself. And um, I think I'm cute. I, th- I get that people want to fuck me. I use that to my power on stage and mm-hmm. I feel like I don't abuse that power. And um, I think that all com- like comedy is sexual. Even if it's someone you're not attracted to, it is someone up there like controlling a room mm-hmm. and there is just energy. There is just like, it's like uh, Scott Thompson would put it. He was like, mm-hmm. you're just topping everyone. Is what he would say. <laughs> you're just a top, you're a top, you're a top, you're a top. Just top, top, top. And that's why people hate you. Like that's <laughs> um, and um, um, I think that uh, is it different I, for a male comedian? Because I've heard f- other female comedians say that they have to uh, play down their sexuality, tone it down. They wear sweats and they, you know, I pull their hair back and they don't. Everyone present. there to think that they have a chance to fuck me. I I think I I it's I will be honest. I think that. That is the energy that I am. I've embraced that I am selling sex. You know, like yeah. my material. I'm talking about gayness and HIV, not exclusively, mm-hmm. but I. And I'm talking about that stuff. So, like, that's the topic. And I feel, and and this is this is real too. I feel like, um, in order to be able to do that, I have to kind of be desirable. I think. I I think so. And so I've actually put a lot of work into like maintaining my like. But I, when I'm at when I'm feeling cute, I'm at my most powerful on stage. Mm. And so I like, I've thought you're a perceptive person, Michael, because I, that's not something that anyone has ever brought up before. And I feel like it's like a pushing, um, um, the conversation, but it is, that's how, that's how I, that's how I, um, communicate. I communicate through, um, sexual energy. Mm. You know, I, I do. I, I feel that way in a lot of ways and not like and I don't think it's aggressive. I don't think, you know, I, right, I, think I wouldn't say that either. I don't think it's aggressive, but I think it's like it's there. I think um, you can be quite camp on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, I camp it up, which too. is not oh. to say that camp men aren't sexy. I no, think they I, are, but. I agree. To, and I and I and I think that, that, that that's what I think. Like, um, I'm not an incredibly masculine person. Uh, I'm not like whatever that means. No, whatever that means. And I'm not an incredibly um, like whatever it means to be like a a feminine person, you know, and I like to blend those lines. And I Mm -hmm. do think that there's actually um, there's power in that, too. You Mm -hmm. know, and I um, I I layered on a lot of masculinity in my teenage years to not be called the faggot, Mm -hmm. you know, because that was scary, you know. And so I learned ways to not be called that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I've had to unlearn those, you know, I very much wonder the person I would be if 
the eight-year-old who was twirling to Disney musicals and thinking I was in the movie The Cutting Edge was allowed to just be that person. Like, who would I be? You know? Yeah. And I think I like to believe that person is somewhere close to this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's like, by... I made a, I make choices on stage to camp up things and to like and to uh, modulate my voice in ways and to and mm-hmm. to and to speed up speech and things like that and um, and to twirl, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, to bring as, Stevie Nicks into it again. Well, and as I've done that, honestly, that person, I've really been blending my offstage and onstage persona a lot in a way that feels very natural, in a way that feels very. Um, much like the voice that I have right now is the voice that I really want to be putting out there. Like I can write something down that if you read it, it's like, that's not funny. But then I know coming through the stage mm-hmm. persona is going to be really fucking funny. And so like, I think I've just, I'm hitting that point that comics um, want to get to when they like quote unquote, find their voice. You know, I think I'm mm-hmm. finding the person who is me that I've been looking for the whole time. So, and he's just like a sexual deviant. <laughs> it's like campy and fun and not aggressive. <laughs> so where can people find you find me online casey lie l-e-y casey c-a-s-e-y lie l-e-y i know it's a lot I couldn't just be like mike smith um <laughs> uh casey lie uh find me on uh, instagram twitter the gay power half hour is my podcast um friend me DM do you have me, any shows booked in the me. next couple of weeks i have shows in los angeles booked um i'm in uh um uh, i i don't know but uh yes. find me online find me on twitter and you can find them there and then i'm actually i'll be in uh sacramento at the punchline uh the weekend of october 10th so right. you can see me there too great yeah well thank you very much casey for thank taking you. the time to talk to act and for coming out and hosting our aids walk you it brought was, me here i love well, you it was you know it was incredible having you and thank i'm you. really glad that people got to experience your comedy and get to know you better and Hopefully we'll uh, we'll be following you. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you all for listening and um, follow Michael's new podcast. Yes. <laughs> so thank you everyone who's uh, listening, who's download or stream this. And if you like it and you would see like to see Act uh, produce more digital content, uh, let us know by tweeting, Facebooking, or emailing us. So have a good day, everybody. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>